Hello, and welcome to episode 184 of It's Not My Fault, the OASG podcast is not popular. My name is Helen. My name is Justin. My god, every time I, I say the episode number, I'm like, how are we still doing this? Why are we still doing this? <laughs> Meanwhile, my, I, since the very first episode, I have not... Okay, there was at least a couple of times where I begged either you or when, when it was just Muse, I begged you to just take over at least for like... Oh yeah, like my first time on this, I was filling in for you, so it was just me and Muse. <laughs> <laughs> just just like, so yes, I can take a break. But aside from, I think, one or two times, I have been recording this, I've been doing this podcast for, I think since we kind of moved the new site, so 20, I want to say 2018? It could be 2017. Oh no! Oh no! Earlier, earlier than that, it was 2017 at least. Yeah, yeah. So 2017, 2018. Yeah, because I remember I was living in DC when I recorded a couple of episodes, and so that would have been before grad school. So that would have been early 2017 at the latest. <laughs> okay. Well, lots of things have happened to us over the past few weeks. We can actually talk about some of the things. So I'm going to kind of kick this off by continuing more fall anime 2023 talk i mean the same here but <laughs> um yes i can actually say some shows finished for me that's right we are into november and we already have a couple shows that ended before i think all these i've ended well okay except one show most of my shows ended in october <laughs> i mean it was it was about time for attack on titan to finally end yes there. very very long that uh, be talking about real soon, but uh, first thing I talked to shows that properly aired uh, this season. First, after school, Nakakun, which I I briefly talked about. Um, when I, I hadn't realized sequels. it was only four episodes. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't Justin know how disappointed you me like fifteen have, minutes ago. I have news. no idea how you missed this. This was pretty much noted for a while, and then actually, since I read the manga of it, I'm like, yeah, it can't really be like a full series. So <laughs> ten minutes, ten minutes episode, a ten minute long episode. Uh, it's perfectly fine for the Halloween month, so I, I think perfectly it it did its job. It it, remember, it, it reminded us of Nakakun and all of his craziness, gloriousness, shenanigans, etc., etc. The monkeys, oh, oh my god, the monkeys! <laughs> well, we got reminded of that, and now we're gonna get another season next year, fall twenty twenty four of after after school Nakakun and season two of Toilet Bound Nakakun. So. Did they confirm that? Um, yeah, yeah, both were happening. Both were happening. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I thought we already... Well, they, the only thing we knew is that there was going to be a new project. Yeah, and they had, like, imagery associated with it, which covered stuff that hadn't been in the first season, but they hadn't, like, said for sure. And some people online kept interpreting it as, oh, it's going to be a reboot. And it was like, y'all are not having good reading comprehension today, are you? Yeah, I mean, it could have been a reboot, but at the same time, when it says new anime project, we literally don't know what it could be. So, yeah, just um, many options. But at least for now, yeah, we know it's season two. But they're also going to do more Hakakun, so that's fine. Uh, the shorts were pretty, I mean, they were just 10 minutes. I, have, I feel like I have watched, like, these type of short episodes in years. Um, so I guess it's nice to kind of remind to that format. But again, um, just a reminder of what, what, of what the series is honestly and again it, it's fitting that it aired during a month so good times looking forward to obviously more toilet bound madness when it returns uh 2024 um justin wants more potty humor we will also be returning to 2024 more reincarnated as a slime that time i got reincarnated as a slime season three but until then we're gonna go between season one and season two uh so visions of Calais. uh i think last time we had mentioned this. We were talking about when it was streaming, and we weren't sure where or if this was original or anything like that. This is definitely an original story by the author, as I think I may have mentioned, but I wasn't completely sure. But yeah, I confirmed it is by the author. It's takes place. It takes place between season one and season two. So obviously, oh yeah, those those twenty thousand people are still definitely alive, and they also that that like one place did not attack Tempest, not not at all. So. Uh, happens before this, so it's, it's some between. It, it's very interesting because obviously this story takes place where obviously Rimuru isn't that strong. At this point, Yuki is kind of a good guy. Yuki, the Grandmaster, we think is a good guy, but now this good guy's giving him a mission. Like before, uh, obviously he's still teaching the uh, is still teaching the kids, but before that, before he goes back or tries to go back, um, Yuki tells him to go to this kingdom of Calais where there's some sort of infighting between brothers. There's a lot of cons- there's conspiracy going on. Something's up and it needs to be resolved 
Um, he can't actually go as Rimuru, so he instead adopts the moniker Satoru, basically his um, actual human name in the in his when he was uh, back living in his own time. But uh, does he still look like his no. usual Rimuru self? Yeah, yeah, yeah but he obviously tra- oh, but well, there is one point where he does transform into like an actual regular like human and stuff like that. So just to like sell the idea that yes, yeah, it's actually a new person, Satoru. Um, it's not the same guy, I don't believe. It's not, I don't think it's exactly so. I mean, it's been a long time since you've seen this is the first episode, but I think it's definitely somebody new. But um, but the point is, he has to basically go there and figure th- things out. But meanwhile, behind the scenes, we get a uh, closer look at one of the demon uh, lords, uh, Luminous Valentine, who will also be one of the key players in the upcoming season of Reincarnated as a Slime. So... Uh, just to see that, I think the wildest part is this is obviously like a normal thing where it's just like okay, you can't obviously do too much because you're gonna just obviously break. You don't want to break anything there, but like continuity, all that good stuff. Um, but it's interesting because um, it introduces a lot of other characters that have not shown up in the TV series, and um, I've been reading the manga that Kanata was putting out. The other characters that have not been revealed in the manga either. <laughs> so it's like, like <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who the heck are you three? What so they're it? probably in the light novels, then. Huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely light novels. It's just I like, win or any light novels, and then I, I, I believe there's also one character who appeared in the film, the um, the Bonds film or something like that. I forgot what the name, the full name. Scarlet Bonds. Yeah, Scarlet Bonds, uh, which I did not get around to watching yet. And I guess it's a good thing I watched the over, this OVA first, <laughs> even though that the Bond, the the Scarlet Bonds film came out with her before that. Uh, so at some point I will jump into that. Just to get to see this other character is Violet. I think that's who she is. Uh, who this person really, truly is, aside from just being somebody who gets in Luminous's way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I maybe these characters appear in this upcoming season. Don't know, but um, yeah, very interesting OVA. Again, very interesting how anime who, who only just follow the anime will perceive this. But yeah, very very interesting one. And now finally, we can finally say the weird news. Of the past couple years, but especially 2023, is over. Uh, I think Attack on Titan in general ended, what, 2021? No. No, I think it was 2021. You mean the manga? The manga, yes. The, ma- the manga ended 2021, so that was two years ago, excuse me. So it ended two years ago, and MAPPA had taken basically taken over to doing this instead of Wit Studio. And they sure committed to, do, to to finishing this final season, which started in 2020, went into 2021, then came back in 2022 as a part two. And they couldn't actually finish up that part two, so now they came back with another part of this series of this of this anime. So earlier this, you had Attack on Titan, the final season, part three of part <laughs> one. It's, it's like when you've got a, a Photoshop file name that you keep adding the word final to at the end and then you keep having to revise it. And then that obviously didn't finish it. So you have this past November, you have the Taco Titan, the final season, part three, part two. How do you even catalog this if you're Crunchyroll? Oh, just, I mean, it's already, they already are really... Really I mean, how weird. does Crunchyroll catalog things in general? Yeah, I mean, it's a already a question. It's already and everyone's always general. like, oh, they're building off, you know, some old code, you know, from the beginnings of the site. You know, it would take a lot of time and effort and money to redo it. You're telling me that Sony ain't got the money for this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's like, if your argument for why it's badly organized is money and labor hours, no, it's no. like, if you're a big company, you do not have that as an excuse. <laughs> you could just say, like, is it... Is it- actually impacting user experience maybe for yeah, them yeah well, when i'm maybe trying to them. find season two of something and i'm having to scroll down to the thing listed as season 64 or something yeah maybe for i guess a decent majority of the users they don't care they just know like okay we got to just look at this no i i, I see so many people complaining look, about that even like people like outside of our circles like general like more normal anime watching fans <laughs> complaining about it something is up where they just don't want to fix it so what can i tell you there, the the point is, yeah, the cataloging is already whack as is, and now you have this final season of final seasons that could be a, yeah, they call it special chapters, special, it, it crazy, and obviously it, it was a special. I think um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think the first uh, first special was like it was definitely over an hour long, 
and then part two was like an hour and 30 something definitely pretty long uh i basically spent because i didn't want I, I i managed to avoid all the spoilers from that part when i aired i think was it in the spring or something like that sometime in spring it aired managed for all this as much as i could obviously saw some screenshots uh there was that one unfortunately iconic i guess i would just see this all over where somebody was about was basically about to kill themselves with a gun that was just all going that was like the one thing i saw everything else including one big major death that happened in part one i managed to avoid that this entire time and then now i watched part two and every i bet you what watched it all in one day a little shorter intermission but i watched it all in one day and yeah that I mean, from just an entertainment standpoint, that was a, a unique experience. Just seeing just how they just just drew everything, from how they depicted these humans with these ODM gear and all of them flying and everything, facing these gigantic monsters, just pure craziness. Um, obviously, this was treated with as much care as possible, despite all the scheduling mishaps. Um, so yeah, from that tip, and obviously it was just I. I I think we go back to Tiger Titan in general, just when it started, just how much. I think it was even like I was just mentioned many times about how when the manga for this was released by Kanatra in English, it didn't sell very well. <laughs> like it was just there, like I was like it. It was really doing well in Japan, but it did not sell very well here. But then it gets an anime, and then it just it just explodes, <laughs> like just Titanic hit. Um, so just just a crazy just from that perspective, major major. Um, hit from that from there I guess from an actual like storytelling perspective like man just so many warnings crazy signs just so many it's it's very interesting how the the fandom outside and inside the fandom has been divided over what's been happening over these past what 10 so many years since the series started or I guess this was leave it to the anime 10 years um it's been described all over the place. There, there's just no overcompensation, and I probably mentioned this already in many other episodes because this been gone too long. <laughs> um, but yes, we gotta get to the ending, and I, I was, I, they said there was a change. It was a little alterated compared to the manga. Um, I guess I can say I've seen it. Obviously, I've read it in context, but I've seen like a couple spoilers because obviously I wanted to know like, okay, what exactly was the big change? And I guess I see it, and I'm like. Yeah, I can kind of see why you don't want to endorse genocide. <laughs> you want to do that, and then obviously, I, I mean that that is not necessarily the slam dunk answer you would expect it to be in today <laughs> today's world. Yeah, yeah, and then, and obviously, of course, with all these delays, this would obviously happen right as current times um, happen. <laughs> just, just, just incredible. Just wow, just really, just crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the only thing I can really say is, man, that. I will say from an entertainment center, that was definitely something else. It will be very interesting to see how this is looked upon a couple years from now. Um, now that it is all over, we have no more Aaron stories, no more Mikasa stories, unless somehow out of nowhere, Kadancha and the production committee tells uh, Mappa, hey, new version of, uh, of Attack on Titan, gotta do a sequel. What? <laughs> but you have like 5,000 other things, you gotta do a sequel about Big Hit. What, are you, what is wrong with you? 2025. They're going to have to do it about the kids, like whoever had kids. Like, they, they, it's they, a Boruto what's, situation. What's, what's funny is that at the, I guess this is kind of a mini, it's not really a spoiler-ish. I am mini aware that not all of the characters are in positions to have children. No, no, no. This, no or no, even well, want no, no, to have no, children. No, that's, not, no, that's, that's not where I was going to go with that. <laughs> uh, they kind of like have like a teaser, like episode of how time keeps going on and on. And there are moments where obviously things go into like, uh, normal like present times and then goes to the future and what happens between those times lots of things happen uh, basically you know, I'm like hey you can do all these things but war still is a thing it's just something about conflict that's always been a human thing uh, that's never going to change no matter how hard we try to, to change it um, like just time even like there are obviously periods of peace and everything but then after that something happens more conflict happens and then you're just embroiled in more war so uh, but they have like this kind of montage where they show that time period passing and then I have a little teaser at the end of somebody going into like a tree uh, only those who watch the series or read the manga will understand why that's significant going but, uh, into a tree are we talking like a King Arthur sort of thing or mm, just a little uh, just a little bit of spoiler ish so I won't elaborate that much but it's, it's something I think more 
like people who are into that, who notice that, like, oh yeah, that that it might be significant. But whether Mapper has the appetite or energy or can actually do a sequel, just tell them no. Just tell the production committee no. Just do that. Just say no. <laughs> <sighs> well, talking about trying to avoid spoilers, um, the latest latest uh, Genshin Impact update came out um, earlier this week. And when I was browsing the leaks subreddit on Monday, the day before the update went live, I saw some things that I thought were going to be like, I browsed on there mostly just to see like any upcoming characters that people have figured out. And I didn't realize that this time people would be leaking things that were in the preload data that were going to be live like 24 hours later. <laughs> and so I had a couple of things spoiled, including uh, I've completely finished the Archon quest for um, Fontaine now. So if anyone else has done that, um, you will know that I was uh, when I say that the point that I had spoiled to me was essentially the last conversation in that chain. And so you can understand why I didn't want that spoiled. And Justin, you can even understand, like, the last conversation between characters in a quest is probably something you're not going to want spoiled no matter what it is. Right, right. Um, for folks who've played Genshin but haven't even gotten to that point yet, I will say that I have not been so shocked at a line out of context since the, my god, the stars are fake <laughs> line. Which was a long ass time ago. It was on that level of say what now? Oh fucking god, what oh gods. <laughs> um, but again, I have finished the Archon quest for it. Um, I stayed up entirely too late the past couple of days just doing a lot of the quests there. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd had some theories that turned out to be correct, which was great. Um, I did not cry, but I definitely got the feels at points, so I'm very satisfied with it. That 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 was a good story chapter. And then let's see, I've since this is an anime and manga podcast, uh, I have been watching some more fall anime, uh, but trying out a couple more things that looked interesting that I hadn't gotten to the last couple of times we've recorded. Uh, so I've tried out Bullbuster and Overtake, and I've seen the first four episodes of both, I think. The work Wi-Fi has been a little spotty during my lunch hour, which has not <laughs> made things easy for me. <laughs> And I'm still sort of meh on both of them. For Overtake, nobody warned me just how much secondhand embarrassment and cringe would be involved in this. That was quite a bit. That, that was kind of a turnoff. So we'll see if I continue with that. Since if you're not really connecting with the characters, but you're still having to like shut out the secondhand embarrassment you're getting from them, little hard to care about the story, you know? Especially when it's in some ways kind of a generic person does sports, person has, you know, deep, slightly traumatic background connection to the sport, and that's why they do it. And then Bullbuster, um, it's a mecha show. It's a little bit in the same vein as of Pat Labor, which is, it's kind of less about what you're using the mecha to do, and more about the quote-unquote real-world logistics of, like, being in a company that's using a medium-sized robot to go fight, like, mysterious beasts. And just... I, when I was trying to articulate to myself why I wasn't liking it, what I was thinking is that they positioned the company that owns the eponious Bullbuster mech as kind of like this little startup company, you know, that doesn't have a lot of funds, yada yada yada. But they're not run like a startup company. They're run very much like an established deeply rooted company that prides, you know, itself on procedures more than anything else. And so it's kind of trying to have it both ways. It's trying to say, we've got the culture of an established company, but we have absolutely nothing fucking backing it up the way an established company would. And so that just doesn't quite work for me. Like there's a character who's, I think the accountant or something, who's trying to make sure people always have the right paperwork done, yada yada yada. And I can tell that the way they've written this character is that Oh, he's supposed to be one of those ones that you hate at first, but you come to realize that he's got his good points, you know, yada yada yada. And I'm like, no, this guy is just inflexible. Like, my dude is, like, risking other people, like, getting hurt or dying for his paperwork. And at the end, what I concluded was, I really want Magi Lumiere anime to come out sooner sooner rather than later. Um, I know it's been semi-announced, but not officially announced. I truly want that one to come out because that one mm -hmm. actually did manage the sort of feels like a startup company vibe much better and just also had a much better take on fuck capitalism since reading the manga capitalism is turning out to be the final boss in that one also you can't go on with magical girls right 
Uh, yeah, I know I heard some people who I need to ha give a gentle shaking to. I'm complaining about the Precure series saying, oh yeah, I was kind of hoping they would, you know, not transform back into their middle school selves to do fights. And it's like, anyone who wants, you know, adult magical girls, you want Magic Lumiere. That's where it's at. <laughs> oh, and I also finally read my copy of the first light novel volume of The Executioner and Her Way of Life. I was hoping to do a Menno cosplay over the weekend, but the entire universe conspired against me, so that has not happened yet. But I was reading the first volume and I was reminded that, yeah, I really had enjoyed this series. I really do want to get more of the volumes, especially since I think the anime only covered the first two or so. Yeah, yeah. And also that it just feels rather nice and refreshing that it is an isekai. It is a series literally about killing isekai Japanese teenagers. Um, but it feels just very much more like a confident fantasy, you know, in its own setting. It doesn't have to, you know, hype anyone up. It doesn't need feel the need for any tricks or gimmicks to pull the reader in. It just feels much more like a confident fantasy setting, and that just feels nice. Even if we're dealing with, you know, like Japanese teenagers with ridiculous powers and stuff like that. So I definitely need to go ahead and get more volumes of that. Although now the right stuff's gone, I gotta figure out where am I gonna start buying these things in bulk? <laughs> just go, just, aren't you next to like a Barnes & Noble or something? <laughs> There's none here, because you see... There's like barely no Barnes and Nobles left in this area at all. They all do really well, but the landlords keep kicking them out. So we've got like a hodgepodge of 20 or more independent booksellers who are great, but that means they always sell everything at MSRP. So listen guys, I've got a limited budget. I need to use as many coupons as possible. So it means I gotta figure out, you know, online, you know, what sales are worth it, you know, whose shipping is gonna be worth it, et cetera, et cetera. And write stuff usually just beat everything out on all counts, you know, for quick, reasonable shipping prices, reasonable um, regularity in sales, etc., etc. But Helen, the Crunchyroll people will tell you they're going to retain the same type of service. Oh, and so, well, they say <laughs> that, and yet, as we move into the news, they have finally decided to kill off Crunchyroll manga. Okay. The big, the bigger, the bigger news is that they actually remember the Crunchyroll manga exists. That, that is they have the not actually thing. touched it in a couple they, of they, years. They have literally adjusted, like overdone, like designed everything else. But if you click the manga section, they have not. They have kept the old Crunchyroll website page. <laughs> it has not changed whatsoever. They have still have the same. Re well, actually, they you also see point... that page if you're trying to change your subscription at all. It keeps forcing <laughs> you back to the old page. I had some trouble when I was trying to. I had like the mid-tier subscription. I wanted to go down to the lower tier and I couldn't do it short of just having to cancel my subscription and then resubscribing once it had ended. And this was just the other month too. Yikes. <laughs> just, that's, yeah, th this is... Uh... Because we all know that Crunchyroll laid off all of its in-house software engineers. God, like six or seven years ago at this point. Right. And then they went off to make Azuki, so... <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, just... Uh make this obviously uh, to just put this all together so uh we got the news let yesterday or not yesterday uh friday that they were gonna um eventually discontinue the Crunchyroll web and uh mobile the app uh manga service uh and originally got sent to subscribers november 7th which would have been hilarious because <laughs> time travel um the, the, it can't, if you got the email on, on November 11th and November 7th was supposed to close, that That's means it's already already closed. <laughs> They've got some issues here. But then it's funny because obviously I literally like probably looked at it maybe an hour or so ago and it was still up. So I was like, wait a minute. I think, think you got some some explaining to do. And yes, it was actually it's actually going to sunset December 11th. So I have just enough time to figure, finish that one uh, manga that I have been holding off <laughs> for finishing off for a while now. Which one? Uh, was it One Moon of Happiness? That was long finished, but I just kept stalling. Um, I'll try to finish that before this um, manga service closes. I'm just gonna... If anyone needs something to finish on that manga service before it closes and you haven't read Spirit Circle yet, go read Spirit Circle. You've got a month. Go get emotionally ruined in a month. I don't have to do that because I have the volumes somewhere. Oh yeah, I, I know that you're somewhere. good. I mean, I mean for our readers who <laughs> not our not our readers, our listeners who might not have been emotionally um, traumatized by Spirit Circle. <laughs> it's good. Trust me, you'll you, you'll thank me. <laughs> um, figuring out where to read talent is Nana is going to be interesting because um, oh god, that's one of the ones I need to catch up on. That's um on manga up. 
But if I'm not mistaken, Mount Up's not available everywhere. <laughs> so, um, good luck to those where it's not legally available. And obviously, you have to deal with the how, how awkward it actually reads on there. Um, and there's probably a couple other... I mean, most titles, obviously, are on other services. But there are a couple of titles like the Soromachi uh, manga. I think that's on Manga Planet. But I don't know if it's everything or... Manga Planet has changed their system. So, I'm not sure how, how easy it is to read over there either. I think the point is, like, I know people, I was, first of all, first of all, it was long overdue for Crunchyroll Manga to end. <laughs> they just stopped updating. They stopped, they literally stopped carrying at one point. They literally just said, okay, we're going to update this app once after we literally launched it, like, a couple of times ago, and then never updated again. Like, you're 2020, 2013, and there was still the same app, which I, I stopped using, obviously, once they didn't update it again. So I was like, okay, I can't do this myself. Just use the web. Mm-hmm. And then at one point they did update the web reader because it was really bad. I think it was just Flash, <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, you can't Flash just not doesn't exist anymore." Yeah, something else. So they created an HTML uh, HTML5 player. Yeah, I think that was one of the last things that Evan Minto, now Vizuki, was working on there, the HTML5 player. Yep, and they're still using it, and uh, Crunchyroll still still using it, and they will use it until December 11th because mm-hmm. <laughs> they have not fixed that or updated whatsoever. And they probably were forced to foot switch over to that from the Flash just because yeah, Flash was, Adobe Flash is no longer yeah, a thing. Yeah. Um, they barely added titles. Like, funny enough, if I told you they added the weakest, um, the strongest stage with the weakest quest, would you actually believe Would you actually believe they did that? Would you believe me when I, I told you they did that? Yeah, because wasn't that a Kodansha title and Kodansha will put their manga anywhere that stands still alive that for it? That is a Square Enix title. Oops. Does Square Enix also do that? Do they also put their manga everywhere that stands still long enough to do they it? They do not. Okay. Then I am surprised. Well, you probably are surprised because they didn't even say anything about it. <laughs> uh, did you know that... Oh, there's this company called Alpha Manga. They run Alpha Polis titles and everything. Did oh, you... I have heard of them. Okay, but did you know that a couple Alpha Manga titles are on Crunchyroll? Listen, you could hold me at gunpoint and I would not be able to name <laughs> any of their titles to start with, so no. Uh, but yeah, it's just a mess. They they barely advertised it, barely talked about it, and then the one times they did, it did involve Kodansha. You know the kind of the great uh, sea snow, snow sea. One of those the um, Tsutomu Nihei mixed media thing. Remember that? Oh, kind of in the great snow sea. Yeah, that's also on Crunchyroll. They at least yeah, because that, that one was. I kind of wonder if Crunchyroll was a co-producer on that anime project to start with. It kind of felt like they might be. Yeah, I, I actually believe they are. Uh, obviously, the co-production type of things are now a bit more secreted now because they don't they don't call it Crunchyroll Originals anymore. So you don't really know. <laughs> because no one wants to admit just Sony is owning everything. Yeah. So, um, but I think especially with the manga on there, and then also that how quickly they announced they had the rights to it, I think it was public control co- co-produced the title um but yeah that was like one of the few things they actually announced that was a crunch roll manga title that they're simulpubbing but now it's not gonna matter because they're just continuing the service so yeah um obviously i will kind of miss it just from the standpoint i was like one of the remaining services where you kind of read at your leisure like um like viz manga and shonen jump and manga plus um because every all the other stuff like like a k manga and manga up you got basically other things that kind of impact your reading experience and also subscription service so they're not those two are not subscription services so um yeah from that perspective it's going to be tough loss but in the end it's been two years overdue that this was going to this should have closed like years ago i don't even know how they were still up It it just amazed me honestly um so yeah if you thought Katakawa did produce enough anime. Look at this. They're going to try to do even more by getting their own studios in their own house. So uh, this is a couple weeks. They reported recently that they're going to try to establish or aim to establish more wholly owned anime studios under its corporate group umbrella. Because as far as we know, they only have like Engie, Studio Engie, and I'm going to assume a couple others aside from just normal contracting the studio to do x y and z but now they're gonna have more new created studios to work on a really mediocre light level title i mean it's true <laughs> i don't tell you and then not even just work on a mediocre level title just make it worse like like i come to the conclusion that yeah maybe these light levels are actually any good 
but some of these titles that go out there are just so horribly animated and poorly scheduled that I, I, it, it actually amazes me that people somebody actually consider this actually good or work like I, I actually put this on a slot you just wonder yeah about that. Th there's definitely some titles where they're not amazing but if i was to read the light novel i'd probably be you know entertained for the duration of reading it but when you look at the anime adaptation it's like nah i don't feel like touching this in any form yeah um of course, we've got my pet theory that this is some form of money laundering, but um, we have <laughs> yet to have anything to back that up yet, so. Uh, you know what else I'm convinced is money laundering? What's that? Whatever the hell is going over at Warner um, Studios, Warner Brothers, where they keep shelving films for tax write-offs. Oh, yeah, they did, which was, uh, I guess, so was it the uh, Acme, Acme versus Coyote, yeah. a fully finished film that was polling 14% above the average with test audiences and that other studios, including Amazon at least, offered to buy from them. That they still can't for a $30 million tax write-off. That they most certainly would have made more than releasing a $70 million film. What is happening in... You see why I'm convinced there's money laundering going on I, here. I can definitely see why you're convinced. <laughs> I think the only thing is for anime, we just know that the, the anime industry is just in such dire straits. It's just like, what kind of money can they possibly make in this situation? What, what, are, what is happening here? In other news of capitalism fuckery, um, so last year, Penguin Random House um, put in a bid by Simon Schuster, which would be two of the remaining four big publishing houses in the U.S. merging. That was shot down. That was a good thing. However, now it has been um, Simon & Schuster has been acquired by the investment firm KKR, which stands for Kohlberg, Kravis, Roberts & Company. Um, so they bought Simon & Schuster from Paramount for $1.62 billion U.S. dollars. And I don't know. I've seen, like, I don't think this is the same kind of company that did things like the pump and dump of Toys R Us and such. But these days, I just see any kind of, like, company that is simply about making money, like not making prog products or services, just about money. And I don't trust them at all. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them, and I am seriously out of shape. I cannot throw anything right now. <laughs> yeah, I think um, one, uh, I kind of think about the Embracer Group, which is like a company that bought up a bunch of video game places. And they, I think even this year, they let some people go. They let a lot of people go. So just like, yeah, this investment thing is not, not great. So you want to get my hot take? I mean, I can't be the only one here giving hot takes. Think of the hot take. Okay, this is actually probably too hot for everything, but I will say it anyways. Monopolies are bad, but not all. Monopoly. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I was going to say, Justin, I, I think you've got a worse place tolerance than I do. You know, the, the, the token white person on the podcast. <laughs> all right, so no, no, all seriousness. So we were talking about last year about how this was obviously going to be very bad for the, the book industry if Penguin Random House literally had basically the next or one of the second or third biggest um, publishers in Simon Schuster. So that's obviously bad. But then the only thing is you open up the opportunity to, for somebody else worse. Cause right now it feels like whoever buys anything nowadays seems to be just worse than the other. <laughs> like it's a case where you'd be like, there's no good. I mean, some companies kind of need people to buy each other, especially like when we talk about like last year, JL club getting, I guess like, Katakawa kind of has some now. Um, Jay Nalco is kind of small in stature compared to everybody else in the industry in certain ways, so I could see that. For paying right now to buy some issues, that's, that's a leap. So I could see, like, yes, there's concerns. But at the same time, you just open yourself to somebody else worth buying you. And in this case, it is very possible that KKR might actually be worse to, pay, to be on, under than paying a random house. Because at least we know... For whatever it's worth, they'll be putting out books and books and more books. But what will KKR do in the next couple of years? Would it be letting people go? Would it be downsizing uh, Shannon and Schuster? Those are all questions they have not opened themselves up to. So, Yeah, and I know there are some elements to... Might, might just be able to lump this under economics I'm not as familiar with. But I know that... Under certain circumstances, if you offer to buy a company in the U.S., they have to accept it, basically, which I kind of think might be playing into what you're saying. And just, I need to read more about that. But it sounds like there are situations where 
you don't have as much of a choice. I think that might have been kind of what's happened with Twitter at the onset before Musk tried to back out and then all of that shenanigans went down. Yeah. But yeah, um, don't like it. I don't like it, Justin. Yeah, because I think one of the also thing is who actually has the money to buy to buy these companies. So that I think mm-hmm. that's where it comes down to. So obviously we'll see how this is going to affect things. Obviously the only notable thing for us to note is Viz Media has their stuff distributed under Simon Schuster. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether ending is majorly affected, we will know in the next coming coming years for sure. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> So, Whisper Me, A Love Song was planned to come out uh, this winter, but there has been no word about anything aside from a key visual that got released, but there was no, like, visual trailer or anything like that. Now we have a visual trailer and everything, but it's also getting delayed to April because um, they have a new uh, director change. Um, what I saw on the internet, it looked like the previous director had, like, a health issue. Um, so now I have a new director for this. So, whenever this issue occurred, it obviously affected production, so they had to push it back to spring so um unfortunately on that but it is what it is just gotta make sure everything is set settled health rise before anything else and obviously make sure the production is as healthy as can be before it actually runs so it is what it is and let's see no hang, hang on we just have a couple links in a row trying to read things uh, so um, we do have a couple of deaths to report this time around. Uh, voice actor Yosuke Naka passed away at age 93. So that is quite a long life. Mm-hmm. I hope to live that long. And um, Shoji Izumi, who is creator of uh, the world's longest fork panel manga, also passed away at age 91. And by the world's longest, what I mean is the most strips published in the same four panel manga series, which is over 15,000 strips. <laughs> Long, um, long time. <laughs> since, obviously, if you read it another way, the world's longest four-panel manga would still be a four-panel, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think the name of this one was John Kenpon, so just rock, paper, scissors, I guess? Rock, paper, scissors. It would be kind of funny if you just had a four-panel comic every single day that was just the reader playing rock, paper, scissors against it. <laughs> I know that one of the Precure series... Like, one of the characters would do rock, paper, scissors during her transformation sequence, and it would switch up so people would kind of be encouraged to, you know, try to play against her. But um, I suspect that was not the plot of this four-panel series. <laughs> um, not- it sounds like both these folks live to good, long ages. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, not too many licenses, surprisingly, but don't worry, I assume this upcoming weekend's <laughs> going to make up for it, though, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm gotta, assuming gotta, the Gotta enjoy while we can these lack of new announcements, so... Also, I forgot to add one, so I'll make sure I do this um, later. Um, Manga Plus has been adding a couple of stuff, so they also added the... This is the Seven Seas title, so I'm curious about the trans, what type of translation it looks. How it, is it the same translation? 2D, 2.5 um, seduction uh, dimension... Uh, can't remember that title. It's, not, it's a ghost ship title. No, it's a ghost ship. Uh, it's gonna kill me that I can't remember. It's two point five something. It's got an anime. It's getting an anime. JC staff it got announced. Uh, I'll 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 obviously make sure to note that in the script or make sure to note that in the, in the um show notes what it is. Um, but yeah, like, that's on Manga Plus and also Satoru Noda's hockey manga Dogs Red is. Also on Manga Plus and also on Shonen Jump. So you can watch or read, sorry, you can read um, Hockey Manga, which means since it kind of, I, I kind of know a little bit about hockey for a bit. I, 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 I guess I had no choice but to check this out at some point. I mean, all of my friends are checking the manga out, so you should just join them. <laughs> um, and publisher Living the Line uh, had a, made an announcement on Instagram that they're going to publish uh, Norikazu Kawashima's Her Frankenstein Manga. Um, in spring 2024, this is going to be part of their uh, one of their horror line, uh, imp- imprint Smudge, I think is what it was called. Um, so, yeah, more older type of manga now available in 2024. Good for them. Good for them. So, streaming news. Um, Crunchyroll's announced they're going to be bringing over the Spy Family movie, Spy Family Code White, uh, to North America in 2024. 
Uh, now that we've had One Piece code red and Spy Family code white, I'm wondering who else is going to be following up in the um, sequence of colors. It's got to be blue, right? Red, white, and blue. I mean, if we're going America. But, um, <laughs> and uh, they are also going to be streaming the Idolish 7 uh, theatrical anime. Is that now? Is this the one? It's already. Really, yeah, yes, this is the one with. If you look closely at the promo image, it looks really jank. Like some of the characters are like standing on top of each other. Like someone got the layers wrong, and <laughs> it looks real jank if you happen to see it in high res. <laughs> um, this is also gonna be weird news just because of the situation, just the title. But we got a Christmas miracle, Helen. Zom a hundred is gonna actually finish in twenty twenty three. Is not gonna finish in 2024, so the final three episodes are gonna be on all streaming platforms that was already on, so Crunchyroll, Netflix, and Hulu. Um, December 25th, that's right, Christmas Day. Um, usually, I watch basketball. I have the basketball. Um, I don't know if, if it's uh, I don't know if Saturday. I don't think I don't think Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So if it's not a Sunday, no football. It's on a Monday. Okay, it might be a Monday night football game. So, um. Wait, football? Oh, right, yeah. Fo- football would still be playing that. Yeah, Monday night. Monday night football. Uh, so it might be a month. So, yeah, we have football, basketball. Well, I don't know the schedule because basketball is really big on Christmas Day. So we'll see. But, um, either way, we could also have Zom 100%, uh, 100, uh, Bucket List of the Dead. Uh, Zom 100, Bucket List of the Dead. We all watch, see what the heck's going to happen in the hometown arc. Get to see the finish of that. It's going to be great. Uh, let's see. All right. Um, gonna leave this one, to, this other one to you, so you'll be having this one. But I guess I, I put this in a streaming section, even though it's technically manga news. But you can kind of go like, oh yeah, it's kind of it's go. It basically goes up once, either once a uh, once a week or once every two weeks. So, Akisa Saike, who was on hiatus since May 2022, is back. Uh, Ghost Reaper Girl is returned. It, it returned right on schedule on Halloween. On Halloween, uh, <laughs> for that series, perfect sense. So um, I don't know if I was timed this way. It just maybe worked. I don't know if it just was timing this worked out this way. Whatever. But I think it's just good that the author is back and healthy and can be able to create this series once again. So that's good news on that front. And then uh, in news, I had been, I think, somewhat predicting although in a bit of a different direction um so disney is acquiring the remaining um comcast shares um in hulu for 8.6 billion us dollars oh man that is a bigger number than i thought it was going to be <laughs> um so disney already had a partial ownership in it with comcast having the other ownership i could have sworn that neither of them created hulu originally i think that hulu was a fox thing originally um but uh, as one would expect, Disney has no need for two separate streaming services, so they will be combining them, Disney Plus and Hulu, and so they're planning to launch the combined app, uh, or at least the beta version of the combined app, next month. So, yeah, the media monopolies continue, although this does mean that maybe now it'll be easier to tell people where to watch some of the anime that they license every season instead of telling people you check it on hulu if you're in the u.s but if you're anywhere else in the world it's disney plus maybe this will make it a little easier for people that's not worth 8.6 billion dollars <laughs> it's gonna be great i can finally tell people to watch summertime rendering on disney plus like it was supposed to be on incredible just just embar- just embarrassing but you know it does make you wonder about how the rights are going to work because there's obviously other anime yeah. on hulu that are on the service so huh we see tokyo ghoul on disney plus <laughs> now we got questions here oh wait wait hold up hold up hold up Dude, are we gonna see high school dxd on disney plus <laughs> now we are talking here <laughs> <laughs> Justin really wants to, you know, turn on Disney Plus and show all of his young cousins, nieces, nephews, any young family members. No, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be great having to explain all of that when it just randomly pops up on a Disney Plus platform and be like, Oh yeah, that's high school DXT. You see it's mature for a reason, you know. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, Hey Justin, you're the nerd here, what's this about? Uh... <laughs> thank you, Disney, for potentially introducing us to not just my life, but everybody else's life. Thank you very much. So, um, 
that's it. We only got going to weird news, and we we got a lot of weird news, and they all run the gamut of interesting weird news, crazy weird news, and just wow, this is really bad weird news. So, and we've already covered the weird news that Attack on Titan has actually ended, and Zom One Hundred will actually finish in twenty twenty three. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the really bad one. That's unfortunately weird. So um, I have to admit, like, I know obviously there's various levels of fraud, but I never heard of something called special fraud. And I guess I maybe it was the only one either because Anna eventually had to include a description of it. So, yeah, so um, screen uh, screen and voice actor Junior Kidd got arrested for alleged special fraud. And according to Yomri Shibun, a senior police official stated, Kidd allegedly with an accomplice posed as a police officer and visit the home of a man leaving Kyoto Ward, Tokyo, and defrauded him of his cash card. So, just to this make... This kind of sounds like the equivalent of people calling you saying they're from the IRS, you need to send money to this bank account, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and then I guess in this case, he was literally present when this happened, so that makes it... This actually makes it ten times worse, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, the Japan Federation of Bar Associates define special fraud as... Uh, well, I don't want... Uh, this might be too long... Uh, it's a classic term that refers to a scam that defrauds random, unacquainted persons out of money or other property over the phone or other communication tools by leading victims to transfer money. Um, yeah, this is basically like what you get those spam costs. But in this case, this was literally like in like, and who knows how long Junior K has been doing this. It is very possible this isn't the first time he's done this. So with this happening, obviously, lots of people are going to consider this. This is not what you want as a organization you don't want to present that so um immediately the kingdom rune staff anime staff announced that he's going to get replaced he's no longer going to be playing uh the character oz um that character has not has i think the character was on appeared a few times not yet so who knows when they'll announce who's playing the character now but we'll know when it happens meanwhile happy elements the company that produces the ensemble stars game and anime franchise issued a statement to report that they are still evaluating the situation and then they'll announce once whenever that report happens that their next course of action he currently plays a character Tema in that franchise so yeah just very bad stuff all around and then in just strange weird news uh, there's um, a new edition of No Touching at All today which is a Boys Love Manga, it looks like, put out by June Manga. Uh, on their Twitter feed, they were advertising that this is a second edition with a new translation. Looks like the first edition, if we would call it that, was from, like, back in the 2000s. So that all makes sense. People were pre-ordering it off of Amazon. And then people were posting copies that they'd gotten with what looked like a really badly photocopied cover that didn't quite work. And when they opened it up, it was, like, random chapters from One Piece? So, like, completely the wrong product. One person posted it, and you were thinking, you'd think, wow, that's weird. That's real weird. But I saw at least a second person posting it on Twitter, so it's like, that sounds like somebody at the public, at the printing place really fucked up yeah. if this is, you know, happening to more than one person. And, like, if the publisher has, you know, put this title out before, and they are, like, a small but, you know not usually scammy publisher it makes me think that either someone there really messed up the files sending over or they didn't actually make any mistakes and it's entirely the printer but that one's real weird i've gotten like one or two volumes of manga over the past 15 years which had like the wrong chapter in it upside down or something i remember joking it was a good thing i had spoiled myself on the ending of card capture sakura otherwise the incorrect volume I got that was like volume 10 or something with the last chapter in it at the very front would have really spoiled me but this is a whole new level of it <laughs> yeah uh, just to make sure you're all aware June Manga is part of the um, digital manga publishing imprint so um, even DPM is usually yeah, not quite this bad something definitely happened with the printing I, de I also definitely um, want to know if this is like a scanlation of One Piece, or like the official yeah, translation and, of One and, Piece, and that's why we were uh, this. We were wondering this could be potential legal. Um, what's one of the legal consequences? Consequences, repercussions. repercussions yes, yeah, along those lines, where this situation occurred, this obviously went out into the market, and it's depending on how extensive it is. Yeah, this is definitely something to look out, look out for. Now, 
the only thing I will add, this is obviously, first of all, obviously this is something that rarely happen, rarely ever happens. Uh, there was definitely a mess up somewhere uh, along the process. And whether Jumaga caught this, they obviously didn't catch it in time enough, uh, whether they're going to catch it now, and then whether they at some point they'll probably have to release a statement about it. And I guess we'll just talk about that if they do. Um, something like this doesn't happen often, but it can happen. Um, it just depends on just how the printing situation was ha- handled, who's distributing it, etc., etc. Um, I want to say there was an example I seen years ago. This was a long time ago, a while ago. Um, I think it was either a Contra or Square Enix title. One of those titles where it was one thing, but it was actually a completely different title for from that same publisher. But the only commonality is the fact that they have the same distributor. So it was so Kodansha and Square Enix, they same share the distributor Penguin Random House. So it was saying this one manga, but you open it up and it's a completely different manga. Um, yeah, it was a long, it was a while ago. I can't remember exactly everything, but the, I'm just pointing out that this is not something that this is something that can happen. It's just very rare that it happens. So uh, definitely looking forward to hope, oh, hope they, they should say something about this. So we're looking forward to whatever they'll be saying in the next, hopefully, a few weeks. Uh, let's see. Uh, so yes, uh, this literally got announced, I think, yesterday. So we're going to have somehow, in tr- maybe in 2024, we're going to have a John Wick and we're going to have a Terminator, Terminator anime. Uh, for the John Wick um, anime, this was actually just revealed on, like a podcast where the director Chad Stachelansky was just talking about that and had basically mentioned that that's basically in the works of John Wick anime. Meanwhile, the the Terminator one's funny because Netflix is going to stream this at some point, and the only thing they do is just show nothing but like uh, everything in Japanese, like just so yeah, we got this announcement, blah blah blah. Um, no actual visuals of. Terminator anime. We just know that I think they're part of uh, uh, IG is a part of this, so they're going to be taking they'll be one of the production staff for this. Um, that's literally it. We don't know. Obviously, it's not the fact that it's going to be based off the Terminator series, so who knows how this is going to look or what's going to happen. I'm just looking forward to it hopefully being good enough or hopefully, well, it's either going to be good enough or bad enough. One of the ways it's going to wind up in weird news at some point, so it is what it is. <laughs> You have so much faith in that part. <laughs> no, I have zero. No, no, I have lots of faith that it will wind up in weird news. I have lots of faith in that. Uh, let's see. I don't know who that person is, so I'll skip it and leave it to you. Uh, so, again, we're talking about Attack on Titan. Um, Attack on Titan lead um, uh, Yuki Kaji and Ayana T- um, Taketatsu's um, baby makes their voice acting debut in the, fi- in the finale. Um, the baby is... Uh, under a year old, they don't say how many months old, um, but they um, made a cameo providing uh, crying baby noises, which is kind of funny. It's but, funny, you know, but it's just like, what? <laughs> I, I do remember years and years ago when, um, oh God, it's the Disney film, Monster Story, um, the one with monsters scaring children, um, Monsters Inc. Um, I remember seeing a behind the scenes footage and they actually had, like, a toddler or some little girl under the age of five, I think, providing the voice for the main character, and they're the main human character. And so I remember seeing a video of one of the recording sessions, and they just have her in, like, a high chair or something, you know, getting her to make all the various noises they would need. So, um, definitely not unheard of, but it's still kind of funny to think of, oh, man, you know, some kids, you know, they get all these opportunities handed to them on a platter, like, look at this baby, you know, voice acting when they're just a few months old. <laughs> Can't 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 believe this is all like like what is this? How can nepotism? I, this is a weird version of nepotism I've ever seen. Um, I'm gonna get after Helen just a little bit because you have this order in the script, and I am well. I didn't know who the other person was, surprised. and you you had some comment in there about I didn't know this person was related to so and so. It's like, well, very, if you know who those two people I, are, I you should talk about them. I am extremely stunned. You do not recognize the voice actor of Ferdinand from A Sentence of a Bookworm and Takahiro Koyatsu. That, that I mean, is, I'd recognize his voice. I just don't recognize his name. That that is a I, I'm stunned, but yes, Rizuko um, Galani is uh, casting him and his son Koki Koyasu in the same anime. 
Um, I want to say this is a very rare thing, but then also I also want to say I didn't know, I had no idea his uh, Kyosu son was a voice actor. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> what? And obviously, again, the weird instance of um, father and son being in the same anime doesn't really work out that way. So interesting in that respect. But now the weird news is, wait, what do you mean? I'm confused. You did not know about Kyosu? I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. It's the name I didn't know, not the person. Uh, let's see. Um, Dormon is an extremely popular series in Japan. It definitely, if you watch anime or read manga long enough, you know what Dormon is. And it's going to get its first new manga volume in nine years. So uh, this is going to be an honor of anniversary, celebrate the 50th anniversary of Tento Mushi Comics and the 90th anniversary of the late uh, Dormon creator Fujiko F. Fujio's birth. So Doraemon Plus is going to have its knife, uh, its knife volume shipped on December 1st. So yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it launched in 2025 as a compilation of Doraemon stories. Um, and it's obviously been a while since the new got a new one. So very interesting. Very, very weird. Kind of interesting. Not obviously the, the bad weird, but the interesting kind of weird. That's for sure. Oh, God, it keeps going. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. AI anime studio G-Viz announced that it has raised an undisclosed amount of funding from Skyland Ventures through the the series Pre-Seed and will produce a short anime titled World Maker using 3D CG and generation AI technology. The short anime will stream on TikTok and YouTube in January. How short? Yeah, and also, like... I don't know, can AI animate things at this point? I don't think it can, but just, we'll just see what kind of hot mess this looks like. Well, if it'll be like a five minute, maybe we can get away with it. If it's five minutes. If it's any longer, good luck. <laughs> um, for some reason, I mean, I guess Studio G- uh, Ghibli wanted to have the account to advertise. Oh, it's weird to say this. They wanted to maybe use it to advertise the boy and the heron, but well, yeah, that their last tweet specifically said that the Twitter account was only for advertising that, and it's just weird that they're they say that, and obviously they're shutting it down. But remember, they, there was literally no marketing whatsoever for Boy and the Heron. Just like, I, what is it? But point? also, they didn't just you know say, okay, we're not gonna be posting anymore. They deleted the account, so now you can't see any of their old tweets on it. Yeah, definitely a curious situation of why they they created it, and then they said, yep, no more, goodbye, no more X for us. <laughs> Sure hope somebody archived all that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, um, I literally had this one thought for one second. Um, they're not banning people from going to Shibuya because the Jujutsu Kaisen anime, right? <laughs> no, they're not doing that, right? No, they're no, not. No, because they were more concerned about the crush that killed quite a few people in South Korea last year. Yeah, that was really it. Um, that's why I was looking at the story, like, because I saw this earlier, either last week or something like that, where they popped this stuff and like, there's no, that, that's actually nothing to do with the actual Shibuya arc happening right now, right? There's no way. And obviously reading it, it's like, okay, never mind. Um, I just like, obviously the timing of it is just very interesting, that, that is for sure. And as Justin has labeled this the ultimate troll manga, um, so I remember we talked about this earlier in the year. I think it was on April 1st where they announced the crowdfunding campaign for a anime adaptation of the Kuso Miso Technique manga. And so they raised a good amount of money. So they are animating it. And that anime, I'm assuming it's a one shot. I don't know how long. But that anime in its final form will air on April 1st, as is only correct. <laughs> the ultimate troll is, is it's going to be a 50 episode run from april 1st to april 1st 2025 that will be ultimate of trolling for sure and i say 50 episodes but what maybe somewhere in the 40 50 episode range there you go the ultimate troll would be how they managed to actually get money for 50 episodes <laughs> in this economy what are you talking about they use they use all their budget and just making sure it's animated for like three minutes <laughs> What is this, Pop Team Epic? <laughs> Although that is unfair to all the people who worked very hard on Pop Team Epic doing things like stop motion. 
Man, I'm making t- takes of spicy my air purifiers. Turn yeah, on. it's just okay, spicy. Then. That that is also sign of yes. That is enough podcasting for one day. <laughs> so you can follow the OSG, uh, dot com on well, just general general. Just go to OSG.com, reviews and futures. You can check out the oh, and just a heads up. Over the next few weeks, you should definitely be seeing Admiral New York City content because I will be at the convention, giving my usual takes and coverage of any panels and all that good stuff uh, everyone we'll, please send your thoughts and you prayers need to, to justin because he has been looking at the schedule and crying in my dms all first of all do not get your dms well i call it line i really just i, I really don't like call it dms it's, it's just line when you are sending me line messages they are direct messages to me they I, are I, my I dms get that, but i'm just so used to either twitter dms and not really line. i'm not really but anyways anyways you can follow the at the osg on twitter um, for all the news, reviews, futures, etc. Will and you maybe, be updating the Instagram during anime? I will definitely. And stuff? It, yes, I'm hoping to actually do more of that. Um, definitely for sure for Instagram. So yeah, check out the Instagram accounts for lots of cosplay stuff. Maybe some also panel shots. We'll see how much pictures I just I want to take and everything. Um, hey, you can find me on Twitter at Kamiyo Nomi. You know, we're training farm and stuff. Maybe training about. Weird and stories from Tiramu Empire, maybe. <laughs> Did you see the Nendo um, that Mia's getting? Uh, if I was in the Nendos, I would care, but I'm not a big Nendo person. <laughs> it looks really cute, and I hope to God that they've got like a little guillotine prop with it. That would be perfect. It'd be perfect. That means not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you can find me also doing podcasts over at Manga in Your Ears. Although we're coming up on the end of the year, so we're probably going to be taking our usual month break in December or so. Uh, I'm on Blue Sky, and I'm currently locked on Twitter. I might unlock soon, and I'm going to tell Justin a story about that after the podcast. Oh, boy. I guess i got to learn about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, folks. See ya. Bye.